Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect. This is episode 274. We're recording this on Sunday, November 25th, 2018. I'm David Lotz. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hey, what's up? And Michelle Hillard. Hi everybody. Hello. 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 Uh, By the way, everybody, uh... If you don't know, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, the iHeartRadio app, and YouTube. Uh, not only that, but we do have a spinoff separate show now called Spoiler Effect. So if you're not already subscribed to that, we welcome you to check it out. It is also on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Spoiler Effect, two words, or you can find a link to that podcast on our website, flickereffect.com. Uh, over there, we review movies. We try to do it right after we see a film, and we talk about spoilers, talk about everything. So that's right. That's right. We do. We do. So yeah, check it out. Sometimes we don't have words for how we're feeling. Yeah, sometimes it's tough right afterwards. Like, because yeah. yeah, for the most part, we've Michelle and I, when we've done it, we see a movie, and we get home, and immediately record. And it's like I haven't had time to digest it yet, but it makes it interesting. It does. It does. Ah, yeah, yeah. So far with you guys doing it, have you found as though like your your opinion has changed after a week or so of recording the the spoiler effect? You're in a uh, I mean, not like like leaps and bounds changes, but maybe like it, I have a little bit more time to kind of contemplate a thought a little bit further expound Mm. upon it a little bit more and it may still be in the same realm as how i was originally feeling i might feel a little bit just ever slightly different on it but maybe a little bit deeper than i was i don't know but yeah usually after a few days it's like oh a little bit more thought process kind of kicks in after a day or two but i wouldn't say it really like changes the whole like feeling of how i am yeah I, I wouldn't say i've changed in so far i mean we've only done like four episodes right 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 um so far, I haven't had like any major changes in opinion after we've done one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, but yeah, if anything, it would just be of, oh, man, like, I hadn't really thought about this until I thought about the movie for two days. And I kind of wish I could have talked about that kind of thing. Maybe that, you know. But, mm-hmm. but then we talk about it on here just without spoilers. Right. <laughs> That's right, true. Right, right. We just feel it out some more on this one. So. 
So anyway, it's Thanksgiving weekend, or the end of it anyway, Black Friday weekend, if you want to call it that, Cyber Monday's tomorrow, uh, I don't know, anyway, my way of saying a big holiday, eating turkey and shopping weekend, <laughs> and uh, also a lot of movies out there, but anyway, Bobby, what do you got for us this week? Oh, so, well, I mean, we do definitely want to go through, since like you said, it was a big week want to try and get those uh, box office numbers in. So I was taking a look at uh, Box Office Mojo. And uh, top five for this week, we've got coming in... Well, well and it's, it's so funny. As soon as I say that, my, my screen went dead. But no, I got it back. Uh, coming in number <laughs> five. what happens with me, man. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Okay, coming in at number five is Bohemian Rhapsody. That has... 13.8 million. Number four, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald with 29.6 million. And number three, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch with 30.2, which is doing pretty well for itself. So I'm sure Universal is pretty happy. Uh, the number two movie this week is Creed 2 with 35.2 million. And I did have a chance to see that one. I got a chance to see it on Tuesday, actually, to my surprise, because I forgot that it was coming out officially on Wednesday. I was thinking it was coming out on Thanksgiving Day and that I could see it that day um, early, but came out on Tuesday. So I went to go see it at the seven o'clock showing. And uh, the Creed 2 is basically the follow up to the, the first Creed movie that Ryan Coogler did. And in this second movie, if you've seen any of the promotions, you know that Creed uh, is going up against the son of Ivan Drago. And there's a lot of his shared history there if you've seen Rocky Four, So you know that there's this um, amount of revenge slash redemption slash uh, trying to find and reestablish your place in today's climate and i for me the movie it actually didn't disappoint i i was had high hopes going into it and i was the one who went watching a a live boxing match because there was cheers there was booze there was like and, and legitimate and to where the movie is not because the movie was bad as what was going on on the screen and so it just really felt like a sporting arena atmosphere, the way that the crowd was into the movie. And that, that's pretty much the way you would want to see a movie like that as well, just because that that, cry, that crowd participation and everyone really feeling the vibe of the movie. And a lot of people ask and, and make the comparison, well, how does it compare to Creed 1? And I think across the board, everyone is agreeing that it's not as good as Creed 1, but it doesn't have to be. Creed 1 is, is its own thing, and it's obviously the first of that new series from spinning off from Rocky. So it, it has a special place, and it's hard to kind of achieve that height again, let alone surpass it. But I didn't feel like this movie missed a beat in terms of how entertaining it was. I found the first Creed very, uh, you know, had that same emotion and evoked the same type of experience with the the ups and downs. And, and this movie does that as well. And I, I felt like um, 
I saw this movie and came out of it satisfied and happy and in a way that I was like, if they don't do any more Creed movies, I'd be fine because it because of how it ends off. So could they do more? Sure. I mean, but I don't feel like they have to at this point. I, I really felt complete watching the movie and, and satisfied. So uh seems like a lot of other people did as well, just because of how, how big the box office was for it this weekend over um, it. It did more than its predecessor did in the same uh, opening Thanksgiving weekend or the five day total. I think the first one did 42 million. And so this one did like 55 million within that five day total, something like that. So it's off to a good start. And, um, I know, uh, David, we talked about you seeing Creed, the first one, possibly. Did you have a chance to see it? No, still on the list. Still still challenged to watch it by you. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, I didn't know if you would get a chance to see it or not. But, um, yeah, I think uh, this one is definitely a, a winner. So, hopefully, if you do get a chance to see it, you can be able to catch this one, possibly, while it's still in theaters. But that does bring us to the number one movie of the week, which is Ralph Breaks the Internet with $55.6 million for the weekend gross. So I did hear that you did see this one, right? Yes, did see this. Uh, okay, so... saw this today. So what did you think of Ralph Breaks the Internet today? So had you seen the first one? Oh, yeah, I saw the first one. Okay. I'm slightly familiar oh. with it. Okay, so with, with the source material, yeah. How does the second one live up? For me, uh, for me, the second one doesn't live up to the first, the quality I think of the first one. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed the first one. I don't think it's you know by far one of Disney's best films or anything, but I overall I really enjoy it. You know, it's different, it's unique for them for a Disney animated movie, but. This one, I don't know. Like, it's good, but I don't, I don't know. I felt like it was <clears throat> just kind of, I think, lacking enough humor. I think, I don't know. It just didn't feel funny enough to me. I think especially, you know, it's, I think it's one of those situations that's so common with comedies anyway, where people are like, oh, all the funny stuff was in the trailer, but it kind of felt like that. And, and I think th- for me too, this was a movie it took the kids to. Both of my kids were there. And my youngest, uh, this was her first movie theater experience, period. And so I don't really kind of, I'm not taking too much into account and when it comes to her reaction to the movie because it was also just, uh, oh my God, what is this place? What is that huge mm-hmm. screen? What, what are these speakers around the room? What the hell's happening? Anyway, but my son, you know, six, he's been to a few movies now. And yeah, I just, he was sitting right next to me and I could tell most of the movie, he wasn't like, like laugh out loud, laughing to a lot of stuff like kids normally do in animated films, I find. And and I don't know, for the most part, he, he kind of watched it. And afterwards I asked him and he was like, yeah, it was good, mm. but he didn't seem to love it. And, and yeah, as a kid's film, it just felt like it wasn't a great kid's movie. Like, I felt like a lot of the internet humor in it is really kind of stuff that adults get you know who have a lot of experience on the internet and but yeah no it's 
I don't know. The movie was fine. And there was definitely, you know, things that you catch as a internet user that like were interesting to see and kind of cameo kind of stuff. Like, was it just me or was it, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there was one moment where we see a real life person and it struck me as that, God, that really annoying YouTube star. It looked just like her. Like, I'm pretty sure it was almost supposed to be like a cameo of her playing. We've talked about her on this podcast. It was like, God, what's her name? (laughs) Anyway, Hmm. I don't know. I'll look her up while one one of you guys share your opinion. (laughs) But anyway, I don't know. Stuff like that. It was it was kind of interesting to watch their take on like, you know, the Internet and seeing how certain websites were represented in the movie was interesting for sure. But overall, like, I don't know, I was kind of disappointed by the movie and I I found the the end kind of final act scene to be kind of to be I mean, without having without being able to say anything because I don't want to spoil it. All I'll say is I just found it kind of odd. Like I found it, I found it weird. I didn't like the end. <laughs> oh, that's curious. I, I'm interested to know a little bit more. <laughs> I know. You, I, I, you mean like the end, end scene or what leads up to the the the, the, the apex here, the final? Yeah, like, not not the battle. final, not the, literally the final scene, but kind of like the the final battle, if you will. Right. That that whole thing, I found. I don't know. It didn't work for me at all. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> like, like, I found it a little weird and odd, and yeah, you know, there were times where I was like, "Is there a human centipede thing happening right now? This is just weird." <laughs> it's just not. It was <laughs> bizarre <laughs> to see. Yeah, it was but... just the whole thing. I don't know. It's again, it's tough to not talk spoilers and explain what I'm thinking, but it's something about it. I don't know. It was weird. It just didn't work. Yeah. Did you feel the same, in Michelle, in general about the movie or just in this scene that David's talking about? Well, I will say this. So, like, when it comes to the first, the Wreck-It Ralph, I'm, I'm definitely not the biggest fan of that film. Like, I think it's kind of boring, even for a kid's film. Like, watching I was like, this is kind of boring. So, I've never been the biggest fan of it to begin with. And it went to this one kind of like, okay, we'll kind of see, you know, and I will agree, like, I will say most of the humor is more adult humor. There's really not a lot of kid humor in this. And even the adult humor kind of falls flat to top it off. But I will say, like, as far as the storyline goes, I actually like the storyline in this better. Like, I liked watching this unfold much better than the first one. And I was kind of like, okay, you've got me. Literally up until the final, like, issue of, you know, where it all kind of leads, we'll say the battle, like, that last, that big, where the apex is. It's like, right, right up to then, I was like, mm, this was going okay-ish, <laughs> but mm. now, not so much. It just was bizarre, that scene, and... I don't know. But at the same time, though, once they overcame that, I liked the way it ended. Like, I liked the overall message it was delivering. I thought was good. And I thought that was really good for kids because I think some kids need to learn that. And I think there's still some adults that need to learn that message. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. As far as a kid's movie goes, no, it wasn't that great. As far as adult kind of issues, it was okay. But I don't know. 
but at the same time, like, it's not like I went into this film with major expectations because I was never really that amazed by the first film. So it was kind of like, meh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I will say for a Disney film, this one falls flat. Like, yeah, Disney, I expected a little bit better out of you. I'll put it that way. But it's not, but at the same time, like, it's not a bad film. It's just for a Disney film, you expect more. Yeah, it was that's just, fair. You, yeah, you do. And, but it's also a Disney film that's trying to be a Disney, you know, happy-go-lucky animated movie. Mm-hmm. But it's walking this line of it's trying to describe certain dark things about the internet, right? At I the was same surprised time. even went that direction. And, and I'm just in general, like a lot of stuff about the internet. And then there's one scene in particular, too, when it literally getting into the dark net. And there's this character that I'm just like, this is just this doesn't feel like a Disney character. This is weird. It was just weird. <laughs> it was I was really odd. Like for one, like even just the whole like idea of the pop-ups, like the pop-up ads uh, yeah. being enticing. Some of them were kind of borderline like, mm, okay. Oh, like the like MILFs one. There's like. It's uh, like, it's like, what is it? Sassy moms that like to beat you or something. I was like, what? The what? <laughs> and that was one moment where it was like, well, I guess I'd get into spoilers. I won't spoil stuff, but. But like, so that happened. I was like. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what I mean. It's like, okay, I get that kids won't even get a lot of this right. stuff. And it doesn't, no. it's not like it's, it's like borderline PG-13 or something, but it's, it's still, it's just odd for It was me. odd. And so it was like, there's that kind of aspect to the whole internet. And then the whole like comments section, like they get into basically internet trolls. And I guess in a way, you kind of have to talk about that. And I will say, I think it was handled well. Like, the character, yes, uh, played by Taraji P. Henson, she explains it like, look, baby, there's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with them. They're not happy with themselves, and this is how they handle it. And I think that's probably the best explanation. If you were trying to tell a kid that, say, did a video on YouTube, right? And they were super proud of their little YouTube video. And then trolls got on and started just saying dumb things about their video. And then your kid read it. Your kid would be upset. It's like, look, honey. Like, how would you explain that to a kid? Like, look, they're not actually dissing you. It's they have their own insecurities about themselves as a person. Like, what you're seeing is not... A reflection of you it's themselves being mad at themselves and so in a way i thought that was handled well but at the same time i was like wow we even went into the comment troll section like you know what i mean like we're discussing internet trolls <laughs> not and at the same time it's ralph breaks the internet you gotta talk about things that happen on the internet so you gotta talk about pop-ups you talk about internet trolls and then the dark web shows up and i'm like dude disney why are we even conversing about this like, it's just not necessary it was weird it was a it was weird, weird film <laughs> i mean i i get what i get what you're saying about like the storyline here and how you you enjoyed it and i did too i like the what the main plot line is here which right. i don't even think is really described in any of the trailers so i won't really it's say really what not. It, i won't say what it is but not that it's really a spoiler but you know what i mean but i liked it but overall, I have to say, I think the first film is definitely a better movie than this. Like, it just is for me. And I'm saying that. I'm not saying I love the first movie. I know I like it more than you do, Michelle. But, yeah. I mean, I I think it's, I think overall it's good. It's not great, but it's good. But I don't know. This one doesn't quite work for me. But now I'm curious. Bobby, did you see yeah. it? Yeah. What do you think? 
I did see it. I never saw the first movie, so it was kind of weird actually. Oh, you this oh. One. still haven't even seen the first one? No. Oh. So, huh. okay, I mean, I know curious. the gist of what it's about, and right. I just haven't seen it, you know? So it was interesting from that perspective, just knowing these characters, but not really knowing their whole story. It's, it's, I don't know. It, yeah, it's kind of different just because you've, I've seen the characters in so many different places at this point. It's been six years since that first one come out. So without knowing the movie, I know the characters, but, um, yeah, seeing this one, I had really no, no frame of reference. So I end up just watching it and taking it for what it was. And I, I came out enjoying it. And I guess I enjoyed it just basically based on the fact that I don't know much about, um, how things were handled in the first movie, but I think I liked the the references to uh, all the internet stuff just because it was interesting in the way it was handled and much in the same way that it was kind of like when I watched Inside Out and seeing how they handled those little emotions and having the those places that they live in and, and how that interacts with the, the human, the, the person that the emotions are controlling essentially. And so some of this seeing some of the real world representation in this animated movie, I, I like that take on things. And um, I think the, the aspects that you guys mentioned, I can definitely see them there, but I don't think I had thought about them as much, honestly, as you guys did. And so I, I just sort of took it all in stride really. And, and just, laughed at certain parts thought that I thought were were funny. I mean, I didn't I, I wouldn't say I, I was belly rolling on anything, but yeah, I just would smile at certain things or just laugh at a couple other things. But overall, I, yeah, I just I guess my unfamiliarity with everything made me kind of um just take it all in as as is and just kind of rolled with it. I really I didn't I didn't have any um major complaints coming out of it honestly um yeah i don't know i did yeah i just enjoyed it really cool i mean and that part of me wonders like am i taking a certain perspective of the movie because literally i had kids my kids with me as i watched it and would it had been different if i hadn't been watching it with them i don't know and i'm not saying well, that like they're it's, young too because yeah. i had my son with me but he's 10 so yeah. it, it didn't feel you know, any, I didn't, he seemed to enjoy it as well. So, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not saying that too. Like, I don't think it's inappropriate for kids, even the stuff that, you know, Michelle and I have been saying that we're like, Oh, this is, it's kind of funky to be in a Disney movie. Maybe there's still nothing that's inappropriate in the film for right. a kid. It's more just, just like, Oh wow. I don't know. It's just, there's things, aspects about it that I did find kind of odd that were included and, I was just surprised by it, honestly. It was just more like, oh, okay, they're doing that. Okay, it's cool. Yeah. And then, well, I guess overall, my biggest thing is I just didn't find it humorous enough. C considering some of the stuff we saw in the trailers, that one scene we saw in the very first trailer, which is his hilarious. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing in the movie. like I, That scene in particular gives me this sense of like, man, this could be a really funny movie. And I didn't find it that funny. I mean, it definitely had humorous stuff and seeing the kind of references yeah. were kind of amusing, but 
I think it just it went in one direction with its main story plot, which again I liked. However, but I think it went so far into one thing, it just wasn't as I feel like this film wasn't as fun and carefree as it probably should have been. Like the whole like like the bunny gets the pancakes right. and the kitty gets the milkshake. Like that's hilarious. Kind of creepy because of what happens to the poor bunny. But, you know, it was really funny to watch that. And so it's like from that aspect in the trailer, you see that scene, you're like, this is going to be great. And I just, I feel like it could have used more fun things like that. Right. You know, and, and I'm saying all this. The downside is, is I think there was a film that came out a while ago called The Emoji Movie. And I think they kind of delved into <clears throat> the internet and like games. Like, they talked about Candy Crush and a couple other games on the internet that are really fun. And so it's like, Disney almost couldn't go into, like, some of the funner aspects of the internet. Do you know what I mean? Like, they couldn't have, they couldn't keep having those fun little things because it would have been kind of like the Muji movie in a weird way, you know? Does that make sense? I I guess. following my thought process? I I think so. So... My takeaway is you watch the emoji movie, Michelle. Oh God! So I've only seen it because of my kids. I was like, gonna say I've only oh. seen it, and I say I've seen it. I haven't sat and watched the emoji right. movie. Right, that me... movie would have been off limit for oh, yeah. kids if I, <laughs> I <would laughs> did that movie. Didn't exist. The, the, the one <laughs> afternoon I came over and like the, I, I walk in, the kids are watching the TV, and I look at it, and I'm like, "What the?" And I'm like, "I realize what it is," and I look at David like, "You actually." Bought this film for them to no, watch. No, I never bought this movie. Oh, was it on like Netflix oh, or something? Yeah, let's let's make this very clear. Oh, okay. I have never purchased the emoji movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Literally, just Whoa. like what is on your television? Think, in your yeah, house? yeah, I think it had a, a time there on Netflix or something, and that's <laughs> okay. where I was watched. I was just like, what is happening? And I say that, and but like I've totally watched scenes here. I get and what you're saying the because film. the first time I saw a trailer for Ralph Breaks the Internet. You gotta say one of my first thoughts was, oh wow, it kind of feels like the emoji movie. Because that's basically the same kind of premise. Right. Like, you know, so I thought that they'd be kind of walking in and out of random aspects of the internet more so than they did. Mm-hmm. And they would be like figuring out things that work or don't work. I don't know. I guess I just thought this was gonna have a little more levativity to it. And this was a kind of was kind of serious, you know? Like yeah. but the jokes just weren't even as strong as they probably should have been. Like you know, you go into the racing games, slaughter. What is it? Slaughter. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, right. so you go into the racing game, and there's things in there that I'm like, this should be f- coming off funnier than it's coming off, and it's just not coming off as funny as it should be. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I just. Anyways, I feel the film could have been better. It just could have been better. That's really where I'm at. It's still better than the Emoji movie. I will give it that. Yeah, I, I would think my last thing would just be if anyone was like, oh, should I take my kids to see it or not? Again, I don't think it's inappropriate for kids, but I will say for me, again, going back to my experience today, not only with my older son who didn't seem like he enjoyed it that much, but then like my younger daughter, who's only three, and this was her first time seeing a movie. the experience overall was fine for her it was about like his first experience i don't regret taking her to it but i will say if i had to to do again i probably would have taken her to see the grinch instead because those the illumination films in general seem to kind of i think play to an even younger audience they do they do movies like this 
And I think I could have seen it in that movie. It would have just had a lot more that kind of slapstick kind of humor that kids really yeah, just react I see to. That. I see that. Um, so that would that would be my takeaway for anyone wondering, oh, you know, what should I take my kids to? Right. Maybe depending on how young they are. Like. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, there's the scene with the, the Disney princesses, and I thought that was kind of cute. But even then, like, I think unless you're an adult, you wouldn't even get half of that conversation with the princesses. It would just fly over your head. Yeah, maybe. Like, the way that whole scene went down, funny, I think, for adults. But for kids, they'd be like, why is this funny? I don't even understand why this is funny. It's funny and interesting, especially for adults who have grown up watching all of these. Right. And yeah. Right. Like, I found that, yeah, interesting. Like, I thought it was kind of funny. But again, those were jokes that basically for a kid, like... Oh, right. like with them testing her on like, are you a princess? Are you really you a princess? Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, yeah. Anyways. Anyways. No. So then uh, that's our take on Ralph Bricks the Internet. <laughs> and I will say, if anyone's wondering, yeah, I, I was glad I stuck around for the mid credit scene. Yeah. Even though it could be argued it doesn't matter, but it does. I was glad we stuck around for it. I was glad we stuck around for mid credit scene, especially because it was funny the way it even started. It was the whole like... That, that's what's funny about it, how it started. That's so funny about that scene. And it was like, it's stuff like that. I wish more thing, more, that the whole scene, it was like, man, if more of this could have been in the film. Yeah, exactly. The film would have been so much more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. The mid the mid credit scene was mm. basically stole the show. <laughs> in a way. Really? I think See, so. See, now, I, I thought... And, and it's interesting, and I will agree, I, I did like that mid credit scene. But there was a scene within the movie itself that I liked that had a particular tie-in to Star Wars, I'll, I'll say. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed. But um, the, 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 the part that kind of stole the movie for me, actually, was the final credit scene. <laughs> so... And my my son actually liked it too, although he didn't really get why it was funny until I explained it to him really. But he liked it in the moment, but he didn't know why it was as funny as it was. But I really got a kick out of that final credit scene. Well, yeah, yeah, we I did, we didn't see a final credit scene. We had left. Oh, um, snap! Okay, huh. I, 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 two, I had two kids, one kid who was squirming half of the movie. I am like, I stuck around for the mid credits, not knowing there'd be a oh, final they credits. Were done. So I was like, we're out. They were done. They were <laughs> oh, standing gotcha. up and like, which way do we leave? Which way do we leave? And it was like, okay, yeah. We're and you know me, I, I sit through credits. Yeah. For no, every movie. we do. Yeah, we yeah, both do. No, totally. No, the kids were done. It just, it was what it was. And like, my thing is too, yeah. when it, in a way, I find that somewhat irritating to. To think they put a final credit scene in be- because it's a fucking kids movie <laughs> excuse me <laughs> like kids when it are like they you know it's you were lucky to get them to sit through the whole movie in the first place like mm. plus, the, plus get the them t- to sit t- through the credits plus the 15 minutes of trailers before the movie started <laughs> yeah i mean and so to me the fact that there was a mid credits i was like okay that's cool they're doing this for the mid credits but there's no way they're doing a final credit scene for mm. this it's an yeah. animated Disney film. Come on. All right, time to go, guys. Let's go. Like, <laughs> like your kids won't even sit through the credit scenes at your house. Oh, hell no. <laughs> like, like what, what What makes you believe they're going to sit through a credit scene? I mean, I was impressed they made it to the mid-scene, mid-scene mid-credit scene. And, but then that, that bad boy ended. And they were like, all right, we're going on to the left. We're going to the right. Which way are we going, Dad? <laughs> Which way are we going? Like, they were up and ready to get the hell out. And I was like, oh, I guess we're going to go now. 
No, that's funny that there was a final credit scene. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll tell you about it after right. we, we finish. But um, yeah, so it did make 84.4 for the five-day total. So it's doing pretty well for itself. And I'm sure, <laughs> based on these numbers, as long as it keeps riding high, we'll probably see a Wreck-It Ralph 3. So there's that to hopefully maybe right the ship for you. Because it's funny. And matter of fact, I'm going to swing back around to something as I just think, as I just just thought about it, but David, last week you mentioned after seeing the crimes of Grindelwald that you would be perfectly fine not watching any of the rest of those movies that are coming out. So I'm curious: is it is it really like that? You feel one movie can ruin a franchise that you would not think that they might course correct or do something and try and kind of pull back based on what people are saying about this one? Uh, no, I think a, a movie totally could course correct. And I think, let's say, if it were a fran I mean, if there were a franchise where indeed like a movie had come out and it was so bad that I was like, I think I'm done. I don't want to see any more. I would at least, upon the release of the next film, I would, you know kind of gauge reaction if reaction was like holy shit guys this movie is amazing totally see it then of course i'm like all right well i'm gonna go see this now and see what they did but like in the case of the fantastic beast franchise which yeah crimes of Grindelwald, i was not a fan of and in fact i will say the more i've thought about this movie the more irritated by this movie i am <laughs> the, the more irritated i am with jk rowling and that as an author who i felt like man, she really seems like she's going to have her shit together. And when it comes to continuity of things, like she really strikes me as the kind of writer that would be a major stickler for that kind of stuff. And the more I've thought about this movie, I'm like, wow, no, you just, you really seem like you just totally retconned wherever you wanted to. And it's the kind of stuff that Bobby, I think, cause you know, I know you've said you're not really big on the Harry Potter films. You don't really know them that well. No. Yeah, I don't know him that well. I, but, I really enjoy him. I just don't know. Like, I'm not. I, I don't even know the names of all the houses. So right. that's how, like, you know, I am. I, I like mm -hmm. it for what it is, but I don't. I'm not steeped in the lore of it. And it's the kind of thing where you know, you and I have talked about our irritation with how in the Star Wars universe they don't really seem to have their shit together right now when it comes to that kind yeah. of stuff. That's the problem I have made the problems I have majorly with Crimes of Grindelwald. The more I think about it, it's like, wow, like, yeah, maybe you could find a way to explain away some of the choices you made and just go, well, it's magic. But really, like, what do I will be very curious to see if they even bother explaining some of the stuff. I have a feeling they will not. And it's just really going to irritate the shit out of me because <laughs> that kind of stuff for these kind of fans, you just don't, I don't know, like Harry Potter fans know that kind of stuff. Like right. just to go, oh, we'll just pay fan service and stick this character in where they don't really belong because it's way, way before they were probably even born, you know, like that kind of stuff is just, I don't know, pissed me off. But anyway, do I think a franchise could course correct? Yeah, I, I totally think it can. So that kind of brings me back to why I circled back because I had forgotten that uh, I listened to the spoiler effect that the two of you did. So I, I know Michelle's take, but Michelle wasn't here last week. So I wanted to see if 
you wanted to talk about what your thoughts were, Michelle, since you didn't get a chance last week. On Crimes of Grindelwald. On Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I will say, unlike David, I enjoyed it. I had a fun time with it. I like the far more serious tone of it. I think it's much more adultish. I like the storyline. I like where it went. I will say, after having sat with it, I do have issues with some of the like continuity things that David's pointing out as far as uh, the books and other films. And yeah, that stuff does kind of piss me off. I'll be honest, you know, like, like, like the the whole like McGonagall age thing that kind of pisses me off. I'm like, okay, look, let's. We, we, there should be certain continuity things for the big fans like there's things like that that does upset me like i'm like no come on we we're better than this we are better than this um and then and that that bugs me but overall like i i enjoyed it i like seeing the magic at this level i like that it's just it's just happening i like that there's still new spells Mm. that are still being revealed to us that we're like oh wow i've never seen that that's that's cool um, and while I will say, you know, this is, this is the fantastic beasts section of the wizarding world and the film does have <laughs> some fantastic beasts, but it is lacking a bit. I will, yeah. I will definitely admit. And I think, unfortunately they tried cramming it in this first couple of scenes of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, and, and, and I'm watching it. I'm like, these are cool creatures. This is awesome. Um, but then the realization they basically crammed a bunch in the front kind of, kind of bums me out that you don't see more of them as the film un- unravels, and or they come back to them and utilize them differently as the film moves on. Yeah, I'd um, agree with that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, like like I said, like it's like we were just saying, like I had my opinions when we first saw the movie, and now that I've sat with it. They're basically the same opinions, but then I have a couple other like more deeper thoughts. And yeah, like so yeah, there's continuity things I have and I would have liked to have seen more Fantastic Beasts in this Fantastic Beasts film. <laughs> but do I like what's going on with Grindelwald? Do I like the intertwining of actual history in the world? You know, the Muggle world and the Wizarding world kind of intertwining in a way that it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. I think that's gonna be really kinda cool. Um but yeah, I I enjoyed it. I liked it. I like these characters, and I'm interested to see the continuation of this in however the format is going to wind up being, however long, uh, which only time will tell, I guess, in studios. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm good with it. Other than some continuity issues that kind of, as as a Potter Wizarding World fan, that kind of pisses me off. Because like David's saying, you know, JK knows her shit. Now she's just kind of letting it go. And it just seems kind of weird to me. It's kind of like, wait, 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 wait. Just because you want this to kind of work, you're going to kind of write around some. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And, and so what was your take on Johnny Depp as Grindelwald? I, I like Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. I have no issues yeah. with Johnny Depp as I mean. The man's got whatever going on in his his personal life, uh, but when it comes to Johnny Depp as an actor, I, I I really have a hard time not liking Johnny Depp as an actor, and I think he's a really good Grindelwald. 
again and I know David has issue with this continuity situation with the way he looks that's probably the only continuity thing I can almost overlook simply because I think it just is the way they're doing it but mm-hmm. it's kind of weird you know the way his look is now and the way anyways that's back and forth I guess yeah. it's bizarre but I like I like Johnny Depp it's like it's I like mean a, yeah if that were the only continuity thing it, absolutely I agree like it, it irritates me it's not, but I'm, what I'm saying is it, it irritates me for sure. But if that were like the only continuity issue, okay, fine. They made some weird aesthetic decision to change in these films compared to the original Harry Potter movies. Right. They changed the color to make of the him eye. look more interesting. To make him look kind of cool. And he does. it does look cool. I like the way it yeah. looks, but... You know, I don't know. Fine, whatever. But that's but that's not just it, you know. It's, it's not. That's not just the only continuity thing. So it's like, yeah, but... Uh, you know, and I won't go into it too much, but it's like, you know, people have a lot of issues with Johnny Depp right now. And the way I kind of look at things is like when people say they're like, I'm never watching another Tom Cruise film again because he's so crazy mm-hmm. and in Scientology and this and that. And I'm like, that's his personal life. Like, I still think Tom Cruise is a hell of an action actor. Like when it comes to the, the Mission Impossibles, oh, hells yes. Buttered my bread with that. Like, I'm super okay with it. Like, I just, I just, I look at them as an actor and I look at what they're doing. And if there's still a quality level to it, I will still enjoy the performance. I try not to look at everything else. That's kind of their personality, I will say. Maybe, I guess, is the best way to put that. Right. Well, well, and go, sorry, Bobby, but yeah, go kind of going into what you were originally asking and can a franchise correct itself and such, I absolutely think so. Mm-hmm. At the same time, what, and I talked about this briefly in Spoiler Effect, but I'll mention it again on here too. I think I did on there. What will really irritate me when we're talking specifically about this franchise and these movies being the prequels that they are, it'll be especially irritating if they continue to do the kind of stuff that I find actively makes the Harry Potter films worse. Mm. That, really? So that's the you kind of shit feel that like will, these movies I, are worse now. No, I don't of... yet. I don't yet. <laughs> but okay. I, I feel like they could go down that road. If that's what scares on me. The toes of the old ones. If they keep screwing around with retconning mm. stuff and basically almost like changing the history of the Potter universe as we know it, kind of that to me would actively like kind of start to ruin the Harry Potter franchise wow. and those Harry Potter films and that I won't be able to take and that's when I'll be like I'm done I'm not watching these I'm just going to ignore their existence you know yeah, right. and yeah that's what I was going to say like, treat it like the Star Wars you know prequels yeah <laughs> like basically how I was for a long time where yeah. I know I I went and I, I literally bought a Laserdisc player on eBay so I could watch the original Star Wars films that hadn't been altered because you couldn't find them on DVD yet, you know, or yeah. still. And and this was back before, Dis, way before Disney bought Lucasfilm when we knew we were going to get more films. And yet to me, it was like, this is all, I was just like a Star Wars episode four, five, six guy. That was it. <laughs> I'm like, I wanted nothing to do with the prequels. Like, right. And I, I fear as these films keep going, which if they're going to make as many as they claim they're going to make, man, I have a bad feeling. It's going to be like 
ir- more and more irritating. All I hope right. not, though. I hope not. I like Jude Law's Dumbledore, and I did. I really you know, like Jude Law's Dumbledore. I would love to see that kind of him aging in that character as you kind of transition to the Dumbledore we know kind of thing. <laughs> you mean like, from the three piece suits yeah, to, yeah. to the to the gowns, right? It would be an interesting thing to watch his history unfold. You can go, so when does he start going, hmm, I'm more of a moo-moo kind of a person? <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff will be interesting to see. And we'll like, continue to watch the movies, yeah, unless the next movie is like... <laughs> She'll get a kick. Yeah, she's, she's really... Kind of <laughs> it's because I think David thinks it's kind of funny, too. <laughs> no, it is funny. Well, and if you were to so, get the details, though, I, I part of me wonders if really he should ever do that because, like, we've seen Dumbledore in a flashback when he first beats Voldemort, and he does dress that and way. And he was, that's right. He, he dresses did. like in a suit, and, and that was in the fifties, right? Sixties. Uh, I don't remember the timeline. I think it was but... supposed to be in the fifties or sixties, and he goes to the orphanage and he mm-hmm. sees Voldemort, Tom Riddle. Well, he yeah. sees Tom Riddle, and he is—he's in a suit, so mm-hmm. it's like. Was it because he was still professor, and then when he became headmaster, he changed his mind? He's like, I gotta look like this now. He's like, I'm a headmaster now. I get to, I wear robes. Is that when it happens? Is it the headmaster thing? And then he goes, mm. I wear robes now. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. I just figured it out. Let's crack the code. So, the uh, you know what's interesting to me about this is that with J.K. Rowling's, it, she's essentially creating these stories from scratch and it's what like she did with the original movies oh i'm not sorry not the original movies but with the original books that's just all her but then these years later time it passed someone said hey let's make these books into movies and so then it was somebody who was a screenwriter who who has a profession at translating books into uh, movies, essentially, decided what from the books to to call and, and and pull and make a cohesive film, and we get the movies that we have. But with, with these um, Fantastic Beasts movies, it seems as though it's there's there's no translation from anything it's jk making the script essentially and there is no there's no book to pull from and so it's like almost like with with the with the screenwriter from the book it's almost like getting a, a second pass at something a second sort of review and and second set of eyes to look over something whereas it seems like with these movies it's just the first take and and there's no sort of rewrite per se per se and it's just kind of like there's there's no chance for it to kind of filter through and maybe make sure some time has been spent to maybe make the connections make more sense and to make sure that the continuity is as tight as it can be so i don't know david maybe maybe because of that that's why these movies seem to be in the place that they are even though you did say that you know you did enjoy that first movie but now as they're starting to uh connect more to that harry potter world maybe that's where some of the the pitfalls are yeah i've thought about that too like the fact that now she's just writing the original screenplays for films and not writing just the books part of me is like is that part of the problem like really should 
should she just stick to writing books and and then have <laughs> someone like make a you know a, an adaptation of her novels for, right. for the screen i don't know i mean I, I, that seems silly though i mean i don't i don't see why she well i mean that I... go ahead no, go ahead well i was just gonna say i i guess it there is it's to me in, in a sense it's two different muscle groups you know in a sense where to write a, a novel i mean i have only read the first harry potter movie or book but i've heard that the other books are super long and so she has more time to detail these things out as opposed to writing a, a, a you know a script where it's essentially two hours and so she's having to condense all these ideas as opposed to really flesh them out are there even um book adaptations of the movies oh novel novelizations of them? yeah novelizations I don't know, actually. That's a good question because if there were, who was who would be writing them? <laughs> I guess yeah. probably not her. I don't know. And I hadn't even looked. And at, if they do, do they that. flesh it out a little bit more into what we don't get to see in the movie? I mean, without looking it up, I I will say I kind of have a feeling there isn't because I feel like I would have heard about them, like the details that come out of those books, you know? Right. Yeah. True. Cause we hear that. What about the star Wars novelization? Yeah. Where a lot, you know, like just an example, last Jedi, when that novelization came out and there was certain scenes that weren't included in the film that are in the book and which technically are Canon, I guess kind of thing. And you would think we'd be hearing about that stuff with the fantastic beast films slash. Totally. Books, yeah. But I haven't. Uh, no. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that that sort of my thought is that um, just writing the the script, it, just being so short form compared to what she normally writes, and obviously how long it takes her to write those things. I remember just during that time frame where, you know, just the announcement of the title of one of her new latest Harry Potter books was a big thing, oh, and yeah. then you know it dropped and everybody was rushing to their Barnes and Nobles and all those places to pick up the copy and, and, you know, dive into them. So it definitely seemed like she took her fair share amount of time to make those. Whereas now making these movies and there's three more in the pipeline yeah, and they're pumped out you know, a lot faster for Warner brothers. Yeah. What would you say, David? Oh, sorry. I'm just saying, yeah, they're getting pumped out a lot faster. Exactly. Yeah. And they're, they're like on a time schedule for them because they fit into financials for, you know, quarters for Warner brothers. So they're beholden to stockholders. So they have to have these movies come out at a certain time. Uh, it's kind of like their bread and butter. So it's like, she's kind of under a deadline in order to be able to produce these things. And then it's not like she has a, or as far as I know, it's not like she has a writing partner. So this is all her. So yeah, it may just, it may end up being that these are, uh, uh, you know, a pale, pale in comparison to the, the Harry Potter films. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing, like the more, like I said, the more I've been thinking and even just now I'm like, I, you're making me want to like dig into stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to, this is me on. sorry well let's let's transition i guess into something else i, don't I gotta let this movie go yeah seriously um well while we were busy at the table having our thanksgiving dinner uh disney decided to give us a little bit of a treat for thanksgiving and there had been speculation that we would get a trailer for possibly the next Avengers film 
sometime Thanksgiving weekend, and that didn't happen. But Disney did actually drop a trailer, a teaser, I would say, for The Lion King. And I was reading that it's got their biggest previews for any Disney film so far. It had 224 million views over that 24-hour course. And did you guys happen to see it? Or I shouldn't even say, did you happen to see it? I I should say, how many times did you watch it? Because it's pretty short. So um, it is just a teaser. It's short. I think I just watched it the once. Actually, I don't think I've seen it more than once. What did you think of it? Uh, I mean, first I'll say I, I love The Lion King, and it's hard not to, you know, have that all that nostalgia for, you know, especially with James Earl Jones returning as the voice, and that's the main voice. That's the voice you're hearing in the trailer. Um, yeah, I mean it. It looks good. It. I'm torn about this movie though. It's like in one sense, of course, I. I kind of can't wait to go see it and to see this. I'm mean, I'm doing air quotes right now. This live action version yeah, of the Lion King. That's, <laughs> yeah, we got to think you of a word You just hit for the that. nail on the head with me. You know, because it's not live action. Because it's not live but, action, mm-hmm. but that's basically what you're attempting to do, right? You're trying to make a live action version of an animated movie, like the but Jungle if, Book did. But of so course, I, there's they're all CG created animals and. That, that's that's the weird part for me there's part of me that's like in that respect do we need this especially i mean i'm trying to get my thoughts straight so at first when i watched the trailer i was thinking how i was like man thank god you're able to make this and get james Joel jones to return as the voice Mustafa. um because who else could do that right but then then there was a part of me that thought what well, you know what maybe it would kind of be better if he didn't and no original voices returned to their voices because this is supposed to be another kind of interpretation, right? Of the Lion King. We're doing it again. Maybe it would be nice to just have a completely different cast because otherwise if, I mean, I get that most of the cast is different other than him. Is there anybody else that's returning or is it just him? I think it's just, James, I, I think you, it's just said, James Earl Jones. I think it's yeah, just him. Um, but like, I don't know. Just the fact that he is returning, I feel like it, you start to go down that road of like, well, now it just feels more just like the movie we did before. And why? Why are we doing mm-hmm. it again? Why again? Why just? I'll, I'll be curious to see how different the film is because, like, it's funny watching that teaser because it's basically a shot-for-shot remake of the beginning of the movie. Right. And is the whole movie going to be like that? Is the whole movie going to be like? basically a remake of the lion king kind of like when what's his name remade psycho and he just did like a shot for shot remake of psycho like gus van sant yeah I think. um same yeah i think that's mm-hmm. yeah that's who did it i don't know it's i hope that it kind of maybe adds some stuff like from the music this the stage musical music that was in that that wasn't in the movie i, I really hope they do that like i don't know I don't know. I'm torn about this film. Like, is it necessary? But of course I want to go see it. Well, <laughs> I think I can answer that. Or, well, I shouldn't say I can answer that can for answer everybody. That. But, but I think I can at least explain the other side of it a little bit. Because I saw the trailer and I thought it looked awesome. And I think I heard someone mention 
somewhere either in an article or on a podcast I listened to, but they mentioned the term um, live animated as a word to try and coin maybe for this type of film because it is sort of the first of its kind because even with Jungle Book, at least you had the kid that was still real, real. even though everything else right. was digitally created kind of kept it in a reference of frame of reference of what's yeah yeah but in this there's there's no one and so it's all cgi so yeah i think i heard someone say call it live animated whether it it will stick or whether they'll come up with some sort of term for it who's to say who who knows it's so early in that um in that game in that world but I, i think if i was to explain that other side I've I've talked before about how I haven't seen a ton of Disney animated movies and this is one I have seen but there's a fair amount of them that I hadn't seen and I feel like um you know it was maybe at that point in time where I was a little felt a little bit too old to be watching certain things like that so it it moved right past me initially when it was out and i didn't come to it until years later but i feel like if i was in that boat imagine someone like and i'm not i'm not saying specifically this is the case but imagine someone like your parents david or michelle your parents who maybe wouldn't have watched a a cartoon movie about the lion king or something of that nature but this sort of quote-unquote live action movie or live animated movie maybe it would be like well i i know that it was based on this cartoon but i didn't watch cartoons i'm i was too old to watch cartoons but maybe i would like to see this story told in this live format because there's certain people who just will turn their nose up at cartoons in the same way that there's certain people who won't read the source material that comic book movies are made from, which is fair. I mean, if you don't want to read a comic book, that's fair. But if you want to see it in live action or don't want to watch the animated cartoons that are on Disney XD and you want to see it live action, that's fair. So that's what I think that that's who this could be aimed at. And obviously the people who love the original as well, because they know that they'll come just for out of curiosity just, sake, to, come just to see what yeah. it looks like but i think that it's it there's a there is a a little component there for people who didn't watch the animated or didn't grow up with it and have the same sort of affection for it because it was either they were too old for it or they were too young for it and, and it's past its time in, in that place for most young kids at this point so this sort of live action thing this might be the the ticket for their entryway into seeing the Lion King. Right. What did you think of it, Michelle? Uh, I'm I'm weird. I'm you guys know I'm weird about these live action remakes that Disney's doing, and um, I don't know. Again, the term live action for me for this one is I think we're bending things. And I'm hoping it gets a little more interesting, a little more original. But if it's just a frame for frame redo, which is what it looks like, I don't. I, I will don't know. say though, I I doubt it is. I get that they did, you know, the the first scene like we see in this teaser, like shot for shot. But I would venture to bet the entire film is not like that. <laughs> I I would bet it's gonna then drift into its own kind of 
cinematography and the way it looks and yeah i mean i i I don't know i I guess i'm kind of like oh okay but at the same time though and this is the thing that got me in the more crap when i when this film came out i liked the lion king when it came out i didn't love the lion king when it came out and a lot of my friends thought i was insane i was god i was in like the sixth grade when this film came out the original so i think i was on the cusp of growing out of disney films at the Mm -hmm. time and so for me i just never connected to this film on a very deep level like i was like i like it it's good animation's good music's good had a good time but i never fell in love with this film and i think that used to give me a lot of issues and i think that's kind of where i'm at with this i'm like music will be great and that that live action animation whatever you want to call it looks looks good people that are voicing it are awesome so i'm sure i'm gonna enjoy it but i'm not like this is mind blowing for me like it's <laughs> it just isn't so but again it's also very short so we'll we'll just have to see yeah. you know and at the same time i see the newest trailer for dumbo that dropped two weeks ago i was gonna ask you about that so and yeah dumbo looks like i'm gonna ball my freaking eyes out <laughs> like i'm gonna have <laughs> issues in that movie like it's gonna be a rough one and it looks good it and and i'm gonna say it and i hope that i'm not just jinxing my life when i say what i'm about to say out loud but from what i can see in the trailer it looks like tim burton's kind of getting back into old tim burton a little bit mm. and that's a good thing so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to dumbo (laughs) like yeah let's do this so that's actually good to hear because like you did say and you've always sort of stuck true to it that you've always been sort of iffy about these animated films being turned into live action movies so it's 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 interesting in the way that i don't think you're alone obviously in that thought but they seem to have a good record right now in terms of changing something from animated into live action and that Dumbo trailer. So I, I know, so Dumbo I have seen, but I think I've only seen it once, maybe twice. And even then I was definitely an adult when I seen it. So Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong in the, in the cartoon, Dumbo, he talks, right? No. Oh, okay. Okay. He so he then, does. Yeah. He doesn't talk. Wondering. He makes some he makes some noises with his trunk. Um, okay. But the other elephants do talk. Like his mother talks and sings a song to him, and like the other elephants oh. make fun of him in the cartoon. I don't okay. know what they're gonna do with that in the film. I have no That's idea. That's what I was wondering. But you know, okay. like, and then. The black crows talk, and then the mouse talks. What is it, Timothy? I think Timothy Mouse. Mm. So that's yeah. Talks. That's sort of what I was getting at is if the animals talk because yeah. in the in the movie it doesn't sort of hint at that. If that's the case at all, maybe it's not. And maybe they're keeping and I that, that for that under under tabs. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. But huh. yeah. So that's what's up. And then we still have. Um, we did get a small teaser at one point in time. I don't remember when it was, but of Aladdin and 
So that wasn't enough for me. That to was a go huge off. teaser. That was yeah. That was the definition of a teaser. <laughs> yeah, no genie in that. So there, we don't. Oh, really. and I mean, that's going to be the the selling point or jumping off point for a lot of people. Barely, I believe you barely even see Aladdin in that. So I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I have, I have no thoughts on the Aladdin one because it's just such a yeah. There's there's really not much to talk about there. So no, no, for sure. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, I don't know. I'm out of stuff, David. Do you have anything else? No, I was trying to think if there was something. I feel like there was something I wanted to bring up, and I'm I'm forgetting now. So I guess I I guess that's it. Did you guys talk about uh, Detective Pikachu trailer? No, no, we didn't. Good. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I, all all I'll say is about it is that I don't have a affinity for it just because I didn't grow up with Pokemon. But I thought the trailer seemed fine enough. I, I'm still not completely on board with having Ryan Reynolds do the voice. It just seems like it doesn't fit. But the tone of it seems fine. Uh, I, I mm. think I'm on board with the tone. But it's just having to get used to Ryan Reynolds doing that voice for I think that, that character. Yeah, I, I, I guess my biggest problem with it is it's not that he'll be... A, a bad voice for the character it's just disconnecting him from his other work like you hear him and i yeah. hear ryan reynolds like i don't right. that, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a hard time i'm gonna have a hard time disconnecting ryan reynolds from pikachu you know throughout that movie yeah you know especially considering his deadpool character and how that's like the, the opposite of <laughs> pikachu is gonna be <laughs> like right you know it's like but otherwise, I actually think the trailer looks pretty good. I mean, and I'm yeah. saying this, too, as someone who's mostly disconnected from Pokemon. I play Pokemon Go here and there. But other than that, it's not like I grew up playing Pokemon right. or have, like, any real knowledge of that universe. Yeah. For the most part, I still watch that trailer and don't know how most of these Pokemon are. I, I recognize that they are Pokemon, but I couldn't name, like, almost any of them. Um, but, I probably uh, know, like... The most popular five, which I think were shown in that, and that's about it. Yeah, but uh, I oh the overall though, I thought it looked cute, entertaining. I think it's going to be good. I agree. I think it looks entertaining, and I'm with you. It's 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 a little jarring to hear Ryan Reynolds' voice come out of something so cute and fluffy. But uh, <laughs> I think the weirdest oh, uh, thing for me, and maybe I wonder if a lot of people will find this odd, the people who don't know much about Pokemon, but what they do know is that kind of whole like catching Pokemon in a ball and training them kind of thing. Right. And then I see this and I'm like, Detective Detective Pikachu, what the fuck what Yeah, is this? it's based off of the video game. And games. it's based off like a Game Boy game, which mm-hmm. I didn't know about yeah. and I'd yeah. never played. And to me, that, that will be, that was a weird thing for me just watching it. And I wonder how many people will find it like, wait, you made a Pokemon movie. Why didn't you make like a more traditional Pokemon movie? What is this detective thing? It's kind of weird. I think that's going to be the hardest. I think that, and then just disconnecting Ryan Reynolds voice from Ryan Reynolds himself and his other work. I think those are going to be the two kind of hurdles with this film is like, I know it's from the detective Pikachu line from Game Boys and I know that it comes from video games but most people have no freaking clue like all they know is that the the cartoon that got English dubbed over it and they know about the trading cards that's what most people know and understand so yeah that'll be interesting you know, but interesting, I think it looks though. I think it looks fun now that you say that as Michelle as you were talking it, it made me think about the fact that with them maybe doing this Detective Pikachu movie if 
in fact, if it ends up being good, one, this would be one of the very first successful video game movies translated, you know, from mm-hmm. a video game mm-hmm. source. But two, it could low-key be a backdoor to a, you know, a Pokemon, Pokemon universe. And, right. and then from this movie, you could have the traditional, you know, with the, the kid with the cap and the the whole Pokemon aspect and be a part of this same sort of world, this whole shared universe. And then, you know, you see those spinoffs of that other character. So, yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I, I don't know what their plans are. Maybe they are thinking in those terms and maybe having some sort of shared universe of Pokemon. But obviously this first one has to essentially right. work for them. But that is a interesting thought. Yeah. Oh, David, sorry. I, I know uh, we got to go, but I know one thing we didn't talk about, and maybe this was the thing you were going to mention, but um, Disney had announced uh, that we had got some Star Wars casting on The Mandalorian, mm. and they announced another series. Yeah. Yeah, no, we haven't talked about that. Uh so for I guess the first one was that they did say that there's going to be a series that stars uh, Diego Luna as uh, his character from Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was his name? Caspian Andor or Cassian? I think it's Cassian. 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 Yes. Yeah. So, would you? Did you have any specific thoughts when you heard that? I'll tell you mine since I'm sort of posing it. the question. Is that the, my first thought was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, they're still continuing on this thing and this idea of for their streaming service, bring, bringing in people from the movies and having them have their own shows. So I was like, OK, that's that's pretty cool so that they actually get Diego Luna. And I had just I literally just today finished watching uh, Narcos Mexico on Netflix. And Diego Luna is the main character in this. And he plays a. Uh, a drug runner, drug dealer from Mexico, and he was really good in the in the in the show. Yeah, and um, so it made me actually think about him playing that character on TV and and in the streaming service. And my thoughts, sort of, as it kind of went on, it started to think more about my whole premise of I like Star Wars in this way, but I still want to see more Star Wars that has. Jedi's and Sith and that whole aspect and we seem to not be having any announcements for stuff like that maybe that's the Benioff and Weiss stuff but we don't know so it then does seem my weird right kinda, like, yeah it's just, yeah I mean I'm with you like I loved Rogue One and you know I, I was playing Battlefront 2 earlier today and I, I love that with Kenobi no not with Kenobi <laughs> Oh, I know the character is supposed to be unlocked. I think I thought it was this week or maybe it's next week. But yeah, I was playing that earlier today. And I mean, I love that kind of on the ground, the war aspect of Star Wars, just the Mm -hmm. kind of ground trooper thing. And that's what we see a lot in Rogue One. And I love that. And but I'm with you, like other than the films that we've been getting, it seems like we're staying away from the kind of the force when it comes to Star Wars, at least from these two kind of announcements for the the shows, and as excited as I am for them, and I think they're gonna hope they have the potential of being great, 
the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I'm really pumped for, and then this Cassian show, I'm I liked his character, and I I'm yeah. definitely pumped for that too. But yeah, I don't know. I'm with I'm with you. I, I would like to see some stuff that really dives more into you know Jedi and Sith and the force and lightsabers <laughs> and i yeah. i, I kind of miss that right like yeah. i really hope the benioff and weiss thing i really hope come star wars celebration like they really do announce like what those guys are going to be doing and not just a vague kind of reference with no real like dates in mind like i really want like let's get this going because like you know ryan johnson stuff we know okay ryan johnson's gonna work on a trilogy but and he's shooting another film right now he's mm-hmm who knows when that's going to happen, if it's still going to happen. Like, it's apparently still happening, right? But Yeah, for as far as we know. They haven't know. said anything against it. No, I, it's, as excited as I am, I'm with you. Like, I, I want Star Wars to do both, but I, I, want, yeah. some, I want some Jedi and Sith. And I, I know really it's not a... Some history. Anyway. I know it's not a one-to-one comparison, but to me, it feels like if... All of a sudden, in the Harry Potter verse, we started having like on Warner Brothers, if they have some sort of on their digital streaming platform or something, if they started to do series that took place in the Muggle world, it's still Harry Potter universe. Right. But that's not why you. Watch that's not Harry exactly. Potter. It's not exactly a fair magic. comparison, but you're right. I get what you're saying. Right. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, it could be interesting, and then they could do something clever with it, but you want to see magic when you watch Harry Potter. So it's like, yeah, I want to see that aspect of, you know, the the war aspect, but I also want to see Jedi and Sith, and that's what you know, pulled me into that world in the first place. And, yeah, I just want to see more from it. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like if you're going to announce two different shows, maybe one of them would at least have been more kind of force oriented oriented yeah but maybe they feel like when it comes to the the lore of the force and jedi and the sith it's the kind of thing that needs to be more contained where you can't just like mm. let a show run with it like you know what i mean like you think it'd be harder to keep yeah, it yeah i do canon? i hope that's yeah. not the case though i don't know kind of like what's happening with jk in the wizarding world Oh, nice way to wrap things up. Exactly. <laughs> but overall, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pumped with all the announcements and the casting. Though there was one casting I think for was it Mandalorian that I'm like, oh, uh, okay, right. uh, what's her name? Gina Carano. Yeah. But see, I'm not, I'm not down on it just yet because she could be playing some sort of like silent bodyguard type, or Absolutely. you know. Or, you know, someone that doesn't say much, but it speak speaks with her 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 physicality. So and she speak. was better yeah. in Deadpool. Like, seeing, yeah, seeing her in that, not not so bad. I I thought she was good in that. Yeah, I just think I mean, back to that movie she did as a lead at Soderbergh film Haywire, and I was like, oh yeah. god, man, <laughs> she was terrible yeah, yeah. in that. Um, you would think she's she's come along since then, but she hasn't done too much to be able to see if she has come along right. so it it will really come down to what her role is in this and yeah i think we didn't actually mention that even though it was rumored for a while pedro pascal had been officially announced to yeah. be the mandalorian right. in the the series yeah no, that's awesome yeah 
all right but yeah we are running a little long so we do need to wrap things up but uh yeah uh good stuff this week um we're gonna try to record again next weekend uh i have to go out of town but so we'll be recording hopefully on a different day but uh look out for that has everybody gotten their aquaman tickets not yet but i actually did get the early uh bumblebee tickets that oh, okay. since they're okay. it's coming out on december 8th uh early screening one day one time showing nice look i did pick you. up my ticket for that oh, that's look cool at you. Nice. i was just bummed that with aquaman yeah. it's like with the coming out and all these other movies coming out at the same time we can't see aquaman and dolby because i think mary poppins is going to be in dolby mary poppins mm. disney and amc have a thing well actually um about that it might be better in this sense because I think and you'll have to look this up because I can't remember the full uh, aspect of it but I think I saw somewhere where James Wan said that this is actually a good movie to watch in IMAX and I forget it wasn't filmed in IMAX but I think that he helped do the That's digital him. conversion i could be wrong but i know he said something about it being better for imax right. watching well, so that's how we're seeing it that's how we're seeing it so we'll, IMAX, we'll find so. out we'll see cool. but anyways but yeah. anyways uh yeah as always we'd love to hear back uh from everyone listening you can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com you can hit us up on twitter or instagram at flicker underscore effect you can also find us on youtube youtube.com forward slash flicker effect uh, please reach out to us, questions, comments, concerns, anything you got. We'd love to hear it. With that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening.